Welcome to the Barbershare Podcast. My name is Michael Banks, and I help you to navigate through the ups and downs of the business behind the chair in this industry, helping you to go from burnout in your business to a thriving success. And today is uh, week three of the Micro Salon uh, Master Course, the Micro Salon Movement, where we're putting a uh, special emphasis on those who are salon suite owners. And today we have a special guest, um, Tatiana Williams. Is that correct? That's correct. Hey, y'all. That's correct. Hey. So uh, really quickly before I just kind of uh, dive into this, Tatiana, can you kind of just explain who you are, where you're from, and what you're currently doing in your business right now? Absolutely. So my name is Tatiana Williams. As Mike just said, I am an interior designer and interior architect here in Dallas, Texas. Um, I've been doing it for about 15 years now, working with restaurants, hotels, and more recently, retail spaces. Um, but I kind of run the gamut as far as design is concerned. Nice, nice. Thank you for joining. So let me just, for those who are listening uh, now and, 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 and even for you, Tatiana, just how we got here. So I moved into my salon suite space that I have now in 2020. I've been a salon suite owner for about seven years now, but the space that I'm in, I moved in there in 2020. It was a space that I should have moved in in 2016. However, I was pretty intimidated by it because being a salon suite owner was much different than being a booth runner. So finally got in there and I have this huge wall that I have no idea what I want to do with it. It just seems empty. I don't, I don't know what to do on, do on it. My first idea of me being a guy, I wanted to put the biggest TV that I could right on that wall. And um, I just thought maybe this might be a bad idea. So I had a thought like, who could help me with figuring this out? I was like, okay, there's got to be an interior designer. But I didn't, I don't personally know any, but I do remember from Twitter because of mutual friends that we have on, have on Twitter. I never met you before, never seen you, but I do remember you mentioning um, somewhere it was either a link or somewhere that I remember you being an interior designer. So I go on and I check your website just to just see like, you know, she don't talk much about her business at all on Twitter. Uh, and <laughs> so I go into your website and I'm very surprised at some of the restaurants that I seen. And then what caught my eye in particular was the La Quinta hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's, what stood out was, is there's, there's a line, uh, at the La Quinta hotel here in Chicago. That was mm-hmm. a line of like your responsibilities because yeah. I was really like serious about, I need someone to help me design this space. Um, and I, and I read a line about your responsibilities being to make sure that the brand was consistent with the, with the design. Am I saying that correctly? Correct. At the yeah. Looking and, to, yeah. I've done a lot yeah, of work with them over yeah. the country <laughs> trying to make yeah. sure the brand aligns. So, yeah. Yeah. No, nice. So when I read that line, I was like, well, I can't afford her. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so that was in 2020. So when I finally mm-hmm. did reach out to you and uh-huh. just ask, ask you a question, that was this year, right? Yeah, that was earlier so this year. That, yeah, that was because I was like, no, nah, she's doing work like this. <laughs> See, be... that's the first lesson. Like, it doesn't matter. Hotels obviously have a larger budget. So that's to, you know, when you're th- dealing with 
a salon or with a suite, of course, it's going to be a smaller budget. We as designer understand that we're not going to like charge you hotel prices for something that's not a hotel type of establishment. You know, you don't have as much square footage. So are that kind of scales with with that? But I do do some high end work. I do. I have some high end clients, but I also have just neighbor next door or just friends that are just like, hey, girl, can you uh, give me some ideas? Because I need to do my dining room real quick. And it's like, OK, let's talk about it. Think All right. Like that. that's, that's good to know. That's <laughs> good to know. <laughs> that's good to know. Um, so you 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 responded back to me earlier this year and you gave me some ideas that it was just like. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then you even sent me some ideas. I was like, oh, now I'm really intimidated now because. <laughs> um, but uh, so to fast forward where I'm at now, the the micro salon movement is about helping salon suite owners to start up and operate their salon suite. Mm-hmm. And I know for me. I can't say that I honestly took that much consideration in my brand and my mission statement and, and the value that I want to offer my clients. I didn't take that into consideration when I was putting my space together. I just put my personality in, which may or may not work. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. However, I do realize that in certain environments that I've been in, in hotels, Mm -hmm. I automatically assumed that I was going to spend more and I had no problem with it. And the last time me and you talked, you said something again about branding and designing the space. Yeah. That, that it was just like, Oh, I, I want to have you on, on the podcast well, to have this conversation. I appreciate the conversation. And yeah, branding is really essential um, because your brand is what you're communicating to um, your guests, your clientele. Right. And so for me, I think a lot of people think about interior design as just making things pretty, right? Like, it's just like, it's colors and stuff like that. But no, as someone who has a degree in interior design and interior architecture, design is much more deep, impactful from the colors to the things. And I have architectural degree too. So I'm not oh, here man. to make things pretty. I'm here to make it functional. I'm here to increase revenue. And what you do that is through design. And that's the point that a lot of people kind of miss when they're, have these business ideas. They don't put a lot of thinking into design. But as we're living in a much more kind of visual culture where everything is judged on a visual basis, especially on Instagram, social media, all that kind of stuff, people will look at your page and make an assessment. And same thing when you come into your space. They come into your space and they make an assessment. Like behind these cameras, right? Just for an example, I have laundry on the floor. Okay. I have my kids' <laughs> toys are like spewing everywhere, right? Um, but what you see is what I want you to see. Cause this is this is perception of me. This is what um kind of encompasses kind of my ideal and who I am yeah. as a person. It's not the laundry on the floor. And I'm also not inviting people into this space to see the laundry on the floor and the kids. <laughs> right, Seth? So we all have lives and we all live our own lives, but it, it's our proportion as business owners to put the best perception of our business out there. And that starts with the first thing that they walk in and see. Yeah. 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 So, so can, how does the design of the space uh, enhance the client's experience overall? Absolutely. So um, what we first start with, with design is um, usually you have your logo by then. A logo is the first kind of point of like what 
clients are expecting. That shows you whether it's the typeface, if it's sans serifs, uh, serif, signatures, whatever, that gives you a perception of what the space is. A lot of things with more signature, you know, you're expecting a more higher level experience. Mm. Um, and so from a design standpoint, we take that. And then like we had the conversation a few weeks back, I want to know what your brand is, what you're trying to convey to every client that comes in. If you want them to have a comfortable environment, if you want them to have a little bit more masculine, if you want a little bit more of your personality, what is your naming function, right? So whatever you name something, that's essentially what you're communicating to an audience of who you are. How can, and I'm as a designer saying, how can I take that name and make it visual? What can I take the inspiration behind that name or the actual words in the name to make it visual? So a lot of things within the space communicates those things. So if you want a more masculine space, you're probably going to see more darker tones. You're probably going to see more wood elements. You're going to see uh, much more of a masculine vibe in that sort of sense. If you're going to lean more feminine, that feminine side is going to come out. It's going to be a, typically lighter colors, um, a little bit more of um, maybe even some florals, maybe even some different elements that is that senses more feminine, whether that's actual or not people are going to see that and read it to be more feminine or more masculine. And so that's where we start with the space or whatever you wanted to. Um, I remember doing a kid's space a few uh, years ago, and it was actually a kid's kind of themed restaurant. And so, of course, it had brighter colors because kids are drawn to brighter colors. And mm-hmm. then even from a color span standpoint, I studied color, color theory in college. So different colors evoke different emotions. So if you want a calmer atmosphere, you're going to use the cooler colors. You're going to lean more into the blues and the greens and the purples. Calmer atmosphere, grays, things that will call you down. If you want a more exciting environment, you're going to lean more to the brighter yellows and reds and things like that that you see for McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, those type of things. Those um, that promotes energy that also stimulates hunger. So those Mm. it's a whole science behind how you design from a color aspect, from a um, design aspect, all of that ties into who that brand typically is at its core. And you may not even know it going into it, but we're feeding you what the brand is from the time you step front in the door. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let me let me let me paint this picture. Typically in 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 my industry, especially here in Chicago land, when a lot of us are are going into salon suites, not all of us are like, I'm trying to grow this brand. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't want to work for the salon owner that I was just clear. I hated the music. I hated the colors. <laughs> I just want to go into a space. I want to make it all about me. Right. I want, I like, I, I like these type of colors. I like this type of design. I want to make this pretty. I want to do all this. What type of opportunities are we missing out on if we go into business that way? I think Making it about you, I think it's good to kind of segment you from the brand a little bit. Here's why. Because if you don't separate those two things, you're always going to have to be on. Because now Mm. you are the face of the brand. (sighs) So no matter where you go, no matter what you're doing, even if you're just chilling with your kids, they are expecting you to be the face of the brand. That's interesting. That's why you see a lot of, um, like if you say um, Kev on stage on social media, Kev on stage is his, his moniker, right? Like that's his persona 
outside, but he does have a private persona that is completely different than what he projects. And sometimes it's difficult portraying dis, um, creating that distance between that because now you're the face of the brand. So you can have the essence of who you are without it being there. But then you also have to connect. How is the essence of you, who you are going to impact the space? And how is that? How can we show the essence of who you are without you having to be the face? Right. So who are you at your core? That's part of what you need to know. Oh, I'm calm. I'm chill. You know, um, I'm really about my money. But and I just kind of want a space and wants to be like a calm, cool vibe. Okay, we can we can draw off that. But if yeah. you're going to do it based on you, let's just dis- let's um, extract those things that are core to you without you having to be plastered everywhere. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. So when 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 we're taking those things into consideration, I know I know, for instance, like on my actual business page, like on the haircutter, you you see my face, mm-hmm. but on at a, at a period of time when my art gallery um, Instagram page, I very rarely ever showed my face. I only showed like my hands mm-hmm. um, because I wanted to be that, that when somebody saw the business, they wanted to come in for the work yes. and they didn't necessarily associate it with me personally. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense in what you're saying. Yeah. Is there any other opportunities that we may be missing out on as far as sales, maybe Absolutely. Uh, in, in this space? Yeah, definitely. I've gone into, I know there's a big wave of like restaurants and things where um, it's really like pretty aesthetic, but the food is not so great. Right. <laughs> um, and it can swing the other way where you can go into a, um, kind of hole in the wall, but the food is great. Right. And so the same thing kind of translates what we want to, to be able to portray is that what you're serving and what you're seeing are exactly the same. And so, um, from a service aspect, if you go into a space and it's not exactly aesthetically pleasing, that can hurt your business too. It doesn't matter how, how clean it is. If, if it's not a welcoming atmosphere, that's going to cut your business. If it doesn't make the client relax in the chair, that's going to hurt your business. If um, they're constantly having to worry about like who's around or who may come through the door, that's going to hurt your business. And so you don't have to spend a lot of money on the front end or even on the back end trying to make it like super pretty or whatever. You don't want to have the Instagram uh, type of thing. You do it would be helpful to have a moment, but that doesn't have to necessarily have to be the whole space. And so I think there are some missed opportunities when funds are not put into and thought is not given into the actual design of a space. How yeah. we feel when we enter a space, you can tell when you when a place is like really clean, really like light and airy, that does something to your mood. It does something to how you enter the space. If, if you're being warmly welcomed versus, you know, having a pretty environment, but they're talking to you crazy. They go hand in hand. So we want a holistic experience. We don't just want good service. We want a good atmosphere and we want um, the person to feel uh, like this is kind of a home away from home or an oasis in this type of a feel away from their natural everyday lives. When you're sitting in the barber chair, I don't know much about it. 
but I'm going to assess <laughs> that when you're sitting in a barber chair, you want to you want to escape from your reality. You want to you want to talk shop. Right. You want to feel comfortable mm-hmm. enough to be able to do so. Um, and that's great. That starts with what you see, but it also starts with who who you interact with. And so yeah. those things need to be paired together. So you, you're giving a more holistic view to your clientele about this is this is the vibe that's in here. And so it starts with design. It starts with how things are looking, because that's the first thing that you see. You walk down the street or you're driving down the street, you see somebody, people are making judgments each left and right every day. It's the same thing with your spaces. And so some thought needs to go into what what can I do from a visual aspect to communicate what this this shop means to me, what this shop means to the community, what the shop is going to um, portray to the people that come in and that sit down. We want them to have the most welcome, warm, inviting experience so that they come back. And so if you give them the opportunities, even if it's not, you know, plastered all over the place, give them moments, give them moments yeah. of where they can just kind of say, okay, cool. In the, in the, you think about being in the uh, shampoo bowl, right? Shampoo, you looking up, they're spending how, how much time looking up? Have something nice for them to look at while they're looking up. That's good. You know, if they're sitting in the chair for a minute, you know. And yeah, you have like mirrors and things like that, but have them something, something interesting on the wall to have them kind of look at while they're talking, you know, make sure that the chairs are comfortable. You know, there's lots of little things that you can do to make this, to make impact to, for your guests that say, okay, I want to come back to this space. In fact, I'm going to tell my homegirl, my homeboy, my cousin them around the corner that they need to come (laughs) to this place. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So I'm interested in this story. I'm interested in knowing what was going on with you before you decided to get into this space of interior design that allows you to talk, talk with such passion behind what you're doing. Like, how did you get here? Okay. So what's crazy is I've known that I've wanted to be here since I was eight years old. I'm one of those rare people that have known. So um, I was in elementary school, we had this after school program um, with this kind of uh, there's like, who do you want to be? Right. And so I was like, I don't know what I want to be, but I know I like playing with Legos and I know I like drawing, which is not like the rest of the girls in the neighborhood. <laughs> so how can I combine these two? And so they brought in like um, different people from different pers- uh, pers- um sorry, um, career fields to mm-hmm. come in and just kind of say you had nurses that come in, like retired nurses that would come in and talk and stuff. And there was one retired architect. And I was like, I want to spend time with him. And so at eight years old, from eight to 10, he was teaching me how to read blueprints, how to understand what the lines meant, what the little symbols meant. And so I've been knowing I wanted to do this for a very long time. So that's what wow. I went to college for. I actually went through high school, I talked to him. He had passed away. His intern at the time was like, you need more physics class. I was like, okay, I'm going to get you one better. I'm going to get a whole degree in physics. Didn't use it. That was just dumb. I was just overachieving. Um, <laughs> so got my associate's degree in physics, went to uh, college. Um, and I knew I wanted to be in the architecture field. Um, the architecture field as a transfer student was like really, really hard. Um so I ended up doing interior architecture and that opened my eyes to interior design as well. Cause I could do both. Um, and yeah. so since I've graduated, that's what I've been doing. I'm one of those rare stories where I knew what I wanted to do. And I pursued that from young. And so that's yeah. why I've been in it for 15 years. Now 
I wanted to initially do restaurants, but um, we were in the middle of that 08 recession at the time. So I was like, hotels are trying to hire designers. They're trying to keep people coming to their hotel. They're like, we're moving money left and right. So I ended up getting into restaurants. And that was um, that was a great exposure. I got to meet a lot of owners. I got to talk to a lot of owners, like as an intern, just straight out of college. That was great. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I, and I was in on branding sessions with restaurants. That's how I got to the brand design connection is that we would yeah. bring in, um, multi, let's, let's say like a, a multi-brand, like on the border or something like that. Something that's everywhere, McDonald's, whatever. They would come in, they would tell us what the brand is, who they're, who they are, what they needed to communicate, um, will be the focus, Right. And so we needed to be able to translate that to a visual aspect. And then even with new restaurants, they would come in not knowing what they want. They were like, I just want to serve seafood. Okay. How are you going to do that? Why do you want to do it here in this particular location? What's the gap yeah. that you're trying to fill? And then we can do seafood and we can plaster lobsters all over the place, Right. Or we can be more thoughtful with their approach and do it in a kind of twist, twist the narrative about the seafood. Okay, yeah, you can put lobsters all over the place. But what specific region would you like to pull your, your seafood from? Oh, Maryland. Okay, great. We can think towards Maryland, pull on things that are like regionally there. Oh, or mm. hey, uh, actually, I want to do mine because, you know, I spent time in Martha's Vineyard, which was one of my clients. Oh, okay. We can pull some, some elements from Martha's Vineyard and things that are natural to them and make it feel like that atmosphere here in Texas or in wow. California, right? So I've always been interested into what's the history, what's the reason behind the thing, and how can I make that um, visible to everybody else? And most guests and clients walk into the space not knowing it, but they can sense it. It's a feeling. Yeah. yeah. And a lot yeah. of people can't communicate those things either. They don't have the words for them. So I ask the questions to extract the words. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So what you're doing is, and, and what I hear you describing is much what, um, what I kind of taught in week one and what's coming up in the other weeks uh, about finding streams of opportunity. Mm -hmm. You went from just, being an interior designer, architect, where you just the technician doing the mm -hmm. work and you understand more like the psychology behind it, the thought process behind it. Where did that come from? Did you have any mentors or coaches that kind of expose you to this where, where you begin to see the importance on, on not just focusing on the, the, the craft itself, mm -hmm. but the other elements that, that, um, bring everything to life do you have any mentors or something i like definitely that? had that mentor that i had at eight right and then when he passed when i went to college yeah. and so i was kind of mentor less for a while but i was also i doubled as a business minor in college so that nice. helped because what i realized is that yes i'm doing design but i'm also selling myself yes that's how i get a job what you'll see when if you look on my <laughs> exactly. um social media pages or anything like that I'm not promoting business. I don't. What yeah. I do 
is that I, um, I just do good work and I keep it very confidential. And so what happens with that is that word tends to spread. Hey, this girl can, can do design very well. She can speak and articulate exactly what we're trying to say, what we're trying to do. Also, she can keep things confidential. She can keep her mouth shut. So she's not blabbing up about all these things, all these new initiatives that we're coming up with or what this brand is really creating. She keeps it in-house. And so that built a reputation for me where I didn't have to necessarily go out and like promote myself as much um, because I already proved to some people that honestly God just put in my path to be able to just say, hey, she's not only has the talent, she can talk about it. She she's interested in an understanding like who you are, who the business is so that they can get to what they want as far as a visual aspect is concerned. And she's in she's also into understanding what the numbers are. How, how are yeah. you functioning right now financially? Where do you want to be? How can design impact that? And a lot of that is like, okay, we're putting into design where I'll come up with some different concepts and kind of go from there. Of course, you know, we'll edit those concepts as necessary. But, um, but yeah, it was mainly the business aspect really kind of um, morphed my vision into not just making things pretty, but making them profitable. Yeah, that's good. So, I'm assuming you've been in a salon before. Yes. I'm... This has nothing to do with interior design, okay. but what you said was that you know how to keep things confidential mm -hmm. on your social media. Mm -hmm. You keep everything about like yourself, mm -hmm. your faith, mm -hmm. your daughter, mm -hmm. things that's going on in your mm -hmm. life and your work. You keep that separate. Yep. Is there anything that you would probably feel if your stylist? They're always putting the camera in your face, showing, hey, look at my work. Do you think you would personally feel some kind of way? Personally, for me, um, I prefer not to because if I'm coming to the salon, I'm looking not camera ready. OK, a lot of people <laughs> come to the salon and they'll have their makeup on and their eyebrows done. I'm like, I'm not that girl. So personally, for me, it was great because what my stylist will do is she'll ask me and I'll say yes or I'll say no or only from the backside. Don't show my face because yeah. I still want to keep a little bit of that anonymity for me, um, which is what I promote on my, my, my pages. Right. And you don't know what I do unless you click the link. That's it. Yeah. Um, and so I don't have a problem with the question. You have to promote your business and you have to um, show what you're doing. But also when it comes to me, if people see my hair done, they're asking who did it. And I'm going to say yes. who did it. Right. Um, and so that's a self-promotion as well. But I understand the necessary element of, hey, we have to video things. We are in a very much a visual atmosphere when we need to see the work. You can't just talk about it. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's a matter of just having, hey, do you mind if I take a photo of your hair, you know, do a before and after? Get the permission off the hand. And if they say yes, great. And a lot of people will, honestly. A lot of people will. Yeah. Um, there are going to be a few like me that's like, uh, uh, back, backside only. <laughs> We're not doing this. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, one of the things that I teach is that if you have a client that only wants the backside of mm -hmm. the hair, 
that's probably not the client to put on the page mm-hmm. because if we're trying to promote confidence mm-hmm. and, 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 and if it's a woman, she feels attractive, she feels sexy, mm-hmm. you want to show that in the You're face. Right. So when we're doing photography work, I want to focus more on the face and the eyes mm-hmm. that of someone who feels confident that just so happened is wearing a dope hairstyle right. rather than showing the hairstyle and making the page about you. I try to make it about the person. Yeah. Um, and I also promote that if, if you're kind of like stuck on how to do that and you're worried about the space in the background, create a content day mm-hmm. that on one particular day, this is what we're doing. We're, we got three models. We're doing looks, mm-hmm. do the shoot. That's what you're promoting your page. Yeah. I think that definitely yeah. works. And then have, have a moment for them within the shop where they can, you know, be cute or take a moment to say, hey, I want you to be on here. I know your face isn't ready. We have the space for you um, because you, you're a, a regular. I really like your style. I, I think your faces will be something that I really want to promote to. Let's take a moment. Hey, you can use this space to get ready after I do your hair and then come back if you feel comfortable enough and we can just kind of shoot from there. And that's an option that I would be much more interested in. Um, you just can't yeah. can't ra- film me raw face. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> no. Man, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, back to the topic at hand. All right, we're in the salon space. I've been in the salon space for seven years. Many, um, one guy who is I know for sure is in the course. This is like his first month in the salon um, uh, suite space. And many other people that I talk to regularly have been in it for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And if we want to be more intentional about how our space is looking and 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 um and where things are visually, mm-hmm. and I and we want to connect with somebody like you as a coach, interior designer, even help us with our space. What are some things, some preliminary things that we need to do first? Okay. Before we have that initial conversation with you yeah. to to take our business from, from where we at to now open up more opportunities to increase sales. Yeah, definitely. So um as you probably know, I ask I'll ask off the jump. If you reach out to someone like me, right? Um, I need you to have a good sense of who you are and who the business is. That's gonna be key. Um, because everything else revolves around that. Everything else should be emphasizing that, right? Um, mm-hmm. From the logo to even if you have business cards, the type of paper on the business cards, that's mm. crucial too. Because if you get a thicker paper, that's like, oh, okay, that's weighty. That's more expensive. You might be spending a little bit more here than just a standard business card, right? That's good. So um, everything you, for me, everything you see, everything you touch has to emphasize who you are. Um, so you'll get have to get a good sense of what you don't like as well. What's going to be um, challenging or just like adverse to you. It would be good to kind of get in a sense of walk through your own space. My One of my favorite things is walk through this as, if I was doing hotels, walk through this as a guest. What am I going to see? Where am I going to be sitting? Your waiting area. If you have a waiting area, mm-hmm. that sets a tone there. Because number one, how long am I waiting? And what do I have to do to occupy my time while I'm waiting? Is there something nice visually for me to see? Is there something for me to kind of engage with? Um, is there something for me to kind of touch and feel like a magazine or what have you? 
all of that should be emphasizing what type of magazines are you showing, right? That yeah. stuff emphasizes what the vibe of the space is. So um, there are lots of different touch points throughout a space, like what I just mentioned a few minutes ago. You're in the shampoo bowl. You're looking up. What are you looking at? Yeah. You know, there. That was good. <laughs> thanks. There are, there are different instances within the space. So definitely walk through it as a client. Understand who you are. Understand what you don't like. And as you're progressing, if you want to grow, right, if you want to have multiple locations, okay, where are you right now? What's your current clientele? What neighborhoods are you trying to get into? Mm. What are the things around those neighborhoods that draw people to that neighborhood or that particular part of the city? How can we extract some of that and, and marry it with who your brand is so that as you transition to different spaces, you can still have the essence of who the original space was, but still meet the environment where you want to be. Um, what services are you currently offering? Okay. If you're moving towards this direction, do those same services, um, help with a new location or will you need to grow that list of, of services? Okay. You don't, if it's fine, perfect. If you need to grow it, what's popular within that area? What do you see happening within that area? What the styles that are, you know, most notable, there's some, I'm in Dallas. So there's some parts of the city where you see a a certain hairstyle. There's other parts of the city where you see a completely different hairstyle. Okay. You got to know where yeah. you go. Right. So I think, um, understanding those particular aspects is, um, is a good starting ground before into, um, reaching out to someone like me. Cause I'm going to challenge you with those questions. A lot of our first yeah. interview or our first, um, sit down conversation was just me asking questions. Yeah. Cause I just want to yeah, know. For sure. Cause I don't want to make assumptions Although I did make a couple of assumptions that ended up being wrong, but I didn't vocalize those um, assumptions about the barber shed um, until I actually asked the questions. Yeah. And a lot of that I didn't know. I was like, okay, so we can switch this. We can change this. This is what, what I'm thinking. But if that's the heart of who that, who this is, of, of what this business is, how can we make that visual? And I, I had I have plenty of years of experience doing so. So it's it's grounded a lot in knowing who you are, walking through it as a, as a guest, and understanding where you want to be, and if where you are needs to adjust to where you want to be, and how you can incrementally do that so that you can be ready when that time comes. Tatiana, you're gonna have me keep talking. <laughs> so you said something else that that you was like. Um... When when me and you had first mm-hmm. initially talked, you had some 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 ideas, mm-hmm. some some, and it's making me think about. And this has nothing to do with interior design, but it has everything to think about how it's a bad idea to have a new client coming into the salon mm-hmm. suite, and you have no idea what you're gonna mm-hmm. do. You should have some type of preconceived idea, some type of starting point, and you make your edits from there. Right? right? Absolutely. Is that what you Absolutely. did? Absolutely. That's exactly what I did. I I I, I took. You know, note of some of the podcasts that you have done. You sent me some of those links. I was like, okay, took notes. Okay, I think this. Uh, I took. I took a look at your logo. Okay, I understand. And then I made my assumptions about what it meant. Wrote those down. But then before I design anything, I'm asking you for confirmation because what we think we're projecting and what people are internalizing or can be completely different things. Yes. And so my job is to make those things match. Because yeah. you can have something 
in your head it's just like oh this is like i was <laughs> well one of these uh things was like oh this is a pony show i was like oh okay they have ponies there no nope, not the pony show something completely different i was like okay so wait yeah. hold on how do we get this i thought this was like a dog grooming place nope not at all okay so <laughs> how can we get these things to match um and that's a lot of the challenge and that's what a lot of people struggle with but that's why you reach out to professionals like us to make those things match because I think that'll bring a lot more success and it'll bring a lot more clientele if they know off the bat, okay, this is what this is about. This is not what I initially yeah. thought it was, but now that I can see it, not just by the logo, not, not by reading the logo, but actually seeing it and talking to people, okay, this now makes sense. I, I can't That's tell cool. you how many times I drove by a business and it just I was just like, I'm not interested in going through there. Yeah, they need a service that they have a service that I need, but that's not the place where I want to go. We're trying mm. to eliminate that by bringing those things mm. together. Right. Can I have you back? Because you're an interior designer, but I think you got so, so many gems on branding yes. that I think will 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 be great yeah no listen i've dealt with a lot of brands over 15 years okay and each brand has brand standards okay mm -hmm. they know exactly when a brand comes to someone like me to do design a space they know exactly who they are they know exactly what they want to promote they will know exactly how they want uh the space to feel they know all of those things as a brand yeah my that makes my job easy right so um it can be a little bit more challenging if you don't know who you are, but that's part of my job as well. I'll extract it from you. Yeah. I'll make sure it fits and then I'll present it to you. And you tell me which direction you want to go in. You lead the train from there. I'm just trying to yeah. um, translate those things and, uh, and make it, make it visually more appealing. Yeah. What I think is cool is that week one, it, we dealt all with uh, doing an assessment. Mm -hmm. So the way I break up my assessment is a sheet of paper. You got three columns. Um, you, your first column is everything that you know that you're mm -hmm. good at, that you're absolutely good at. The second column is everything that you're doing currently right now, but if you're honest with yourself, you need some mm -hmm. improvement. Then the third column is the things that, that uh, you know about, but you haven't quite figured out yet. And that's, that's like our starting point. And then we go into building out a customer avatar. Mm. Like who is the ideal customer? Yeah. Everything that you know about them from, from the name, the age, where they work at, things about their family structure. And then we did a separate client avatar because I made a distinguish between our customer and our client. And I make them go through this homework, the template, they got the downloads, they got to write all this stuff out. And then from there, we move into um, making a value proposition mm -hmm. state where you're making a commitment from your skill set to the customer that you're trying to attract. So if I feel like what what we're setting up things in the micro salon and, and in Barbershed as a whole is a good starting mm -hmm. point for what you do, because you're asking these very questions mm -hmm. um, about who we are and what we do and who our customer is and, and all those different things. Um, my last question for you is, is that what's, what's one thing that we can be doing right now that could change the direction of 
of our salon suite businesses, our barbershops, our salons to put us in the direction of increasing our sales from a design perspective? From a design perspective, it was think about, again, going through as your guest. Touch every point of the space where they'll be. See what you want to communicate. If you're sitting in the waiting chair and the chairs are uncomfortable, let's change that, right? If you're in the shampoo bowl, you're looking up, you don't see nothing, but you're up there. Let's change that, right? If you're in the chair and you're getting, you know, your style done, okay, what are what exactly are they looking at? Because they're, they're, the chairs are going to rotate. What are you going to see at each and every point that they rotate? Those are the things that you could kind of think of as a standpoint. Um, people are now drawn to lighter, brighter spaces. That's just what it is. You can see um, all across the country, everything, all the buildings are now turning white for whatever reason. Before there was gray, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting here. In exactly. Chicago. So people are drawn to lighter and brighter spaces, right? How can you implement that without, you know, detaching too much from the essence of who the shop is, right? Um, understanding, okay who who that is who the um, your ideal clientele is what do they like right what are they drawn to if it's teenagers okay what are they listening to what are they thinking about what are they struggling with and how to address that from a, uh, a visual standpoint um so a lot of teenagers are kind of in that kind of mid-range they're kind of like figuring out who they want to be you know you got kids you know um, mm -hmm. and so a lot of that kind of thing <laughs> kind of change in wave. Okay. So how can we bring stabilization to that wave in a visual standpoint? Let's yeah. have a calmer atmosphere. If you're dealing with more feminine, okay. Think more of a feminine vibe, feminine colors. It doesn't necessarily have to be pink you know, and yellow and orange. It can just be more yeah. calm, muted tones. Right. Um, and more like a seafoam green or like something a little bit more softer that says more feminine. Right. That's think funny. about those type of things. Think about who you want in your chair, right? And what they what they like to do and how they like to relax. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for doubling down on that on that important point of going through the client's mm -hmm. journey. Like like putting your yourself in the client's perspective and just walk through the experience of the salon. Um I definitely want to have you back. Of course. Um, uh, because you are great. Thanks. Uh, you add a lot of value uh, just in your conversation. Um, just, I feel like you have way more to give than even w what I even noticed. Um, Listen, people make perceptions about interior design. I'm interior design, but I'm a brander as well. And that business degree definitely helps with doing that and connecting the two. So I think you're starting off great um, with having them understand who they are, who their clientele is, and kind of building off of that because they're all connected. They should never be disintegrated. They should all be integrated into um, creating this this environment that is cohesive. And I think yeah. I think this is a great start. So I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, for those of you all who are watching this, um, I'm going to make sure that all of her contact information is uh, in in the description as well as in your student portal. Those of you all who are listening on the Barbershare podcast or um, all of her information will will be from uh, from 
Uh, you want people to get in contact with you via? They can do it via social media or just through my website. There's usually a contact form on there that they can reach out for business purposes. Okay. Great, great, great. So we'll have we'll have all our information on on um, on on the podcast description as well as in the in the master course. Um, is it any any last minute words that you would like to say before we get out? No, of here? I mean I think I think this was great. Um, so yeah, if you need any design, oh, one thing I did want to say: if your designer is not asking you those questions and making and making assumptions without asking the preliminary introductory questions you probably need to find another designer because <laughs> they there want a lot of designers will try to project who they are or what they like to do onto the business and i've seen a lot of designers mm. um have people come to them because of who they are or the design style that they want instead of being a designer that's flexible enough to be able to shift to okay i can do something gothy Right. Or I can do something really um, up class and classic. Right. So you need someone who can better focus on who you are and be more intrigued with what you what the business is and what you're trying to evoke rather than selling, you know, their type of design style, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, it makes perfect sense. Thank you. I don't even have to even ask you, do you have any interior designers in mind of who they should reach out to? Um, depending on the area, we, we can talk. Just So just reach out to me. Um, I can connect you with some people. I definitely have a, a good, well, well-established connections in Dallas for various different things. But um, I do have a, yeah. a broader network that I can navigate you to. So you believe in networking? Absolutely. Oh. This is why I don't promote. It's I... <laughs> The words are spoken for me, but then I actually, when I come to an event, I have to prove my worth, right? And so that yeah. that is involved with me being in the groups of the right people that be able to establish um, connections. I was in, um, I was invited to a, a networking section for a bunch of Marriott owners just not too long ago, and because they needed designers, nice. and I'm just like, I have to sell myself. Business degree is awesome, great, but. Um, also, I need to be in this space and I need to be open to being in the space to network with other people. I also go to design conferences because I want to know, hey, what are they doing at this particular firm? What are they doing over here? What's up and coming there? They have this thing on this sustainability, especially in California. How can I do that from a design aspect? How can I make myself more marketable to a variety of different um, segments of design? So absolutely networking is essential. We gotta go because we're gonna keep talking. <laughs> Please don't keep talking. I love it. I love it. Thank you again for coming. Um all all those that are listening, I'm gonna make sure that all of all of her information is in the descriptions. We're gonna have her back because she's done she's done tapped into networking now. There's some marketing aspects, definitely some mm -hmm. brand and um I believe you have some game that can help us as barbers and hairstylists and nail tech makeup artists and massage people who, who have a service-based business. I, and I, I believe you can uh, drop some gems on Happy us. to come back. Thank you no again. Um, and um, we will see you again at uh, in, in the Barbershare Podcast, as well as those of you all who are watching this in the course, the, the, uh, the workbook for for this conversation is going to be down below so just click the link